Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sunday here in the office, Living Light Outdoors. We've got a message for you this morning. Worship in spirit and in truth. For those of you that follow us on a regular basis, you heard something similar if you've listened to it already, Storytime with Buster. Uh, in the story time last night, the chapter that we read was Worship in Spirit. I, I, it just stirred me. There was a lot of things involved in what we read last night that really um, put me on my toes. I, after I finished our story time, I came back and put this message together. I actually had something completely different planned for today. Uh, but God really stirred this in my heart. And I believe we need to dig deeper into what it truly means to worship in spirit and in truth. Bear with me this morning. I'm still struggling through some of my creepy crud and uh, had some <laughs> kind of overdid myself yesterday and uh, did things an old guy shouldn't do apparently, and I'm feeling it today. So uh, let's get into this this morning, worship in spirit and in truth. Now, most of us are familiar with the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman that he encounters at the well in John 4. Uh, this is going to start with verse 7. But I want to focus on what is what he says to her in verses 22 through 24. So the story of the, of the Samaritan woman starts in verse 7, but we're going to jump down to John 4, verses 22 through 24, and listen to what he says to her. Verse 22 says, You Samaritans do not know what you worship. We Jews do know what we worship, for salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23 says, But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. Verse 24 goes on to say, God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. What does this mean? to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, we know what worship is, for the most part. Although we've broken it down into two categories for church services, comprised of praise, you know, the upbeat, joyful stuff, and worship, the slower, more meaningful stuff. That's kind of how we separate it, right? But to say that we must worship in spirit means, among other things, that it must originate from within us, from the heart. It must be sincere, motivated by our love for God and with a gratitude for all that he's done for us. That's where worship in spirit comes from. Now, worship, at least, true worship, cannot be mechanical or formalistic. It demands that, that all physical posture or symbolic actions must be infused with heartfelt commitment and faith and love and a zeal to worship the Lord. The, the word spirit may also be a reference to the Holy Spirit, Paul said that Christians worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, For we who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purpose, and are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory and take pride and exult in Christ Jesus and place no confidence in what we have or who we are in the flesh. Do you see what's being said there? That, 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 that Christians worship, true followers of Christ, worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ and put no confidence in our flesh. 
It is the Holy Spirit who awakens in us an understanding of God's beauty and his splendor and his power. It is the Holy Spirit who stirs us to celebrate and rejoice and give thanks. It is the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes to see and savor all that God is for us in Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit who, I hope and pray, orchestrates our church services and leads us in our corporate praise and worship. Listen, I can tell the difference when we're in a service that's being led by the Holy Spirit versus something that's just been put together man-made in the flesh. In other words, we just got three songs in the sermon. We're going to get through this. It's our duty. It's what we're supposed to do. I don't want to be in one of those. I want to be everywhere the Spirit is, and I want to feel that presence of God manifest itself in the Holy Spirit and fire in every service, whether it be in praise, in worship, or in sermon. doesn't matter. Our worship, however, must also be in truth. This is easier for us to understand, for it obviously means that our worship must conform to the revelation of God in Scripture. It must be informed by who God is and what He is like. Now, I don't want you to, I don't want you to confuse me here. I don't want you to be confused by me here. I'm, I'm not saying that every worship song that we do has got to be Scripture-filled. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it must be Holy Spirit-led. Our worship must be rooted and tethered to the realities of biblical revelation. Worship is not meant to be formed by what feels good, but by the light of what is true. Man, this is powerful. I saw a meme recently, and actually I copied it into a post on my social media. It stated, The same Holy Spirit that inspired the worship of old is the same Holy Spirit inspiring the worship today. Some of us need to really understand this. I know that many of us don't like this new music. I personally do. I'm not really a big fan of the older music, although it is powerful. And I believe you can worship to anything. It's a mindset. It's a heartfelt mindset that we worship the Lord. But the same Holy Spirit that inspired those old hymns is the same Holy Spirit inspiring worship today when it's done correctly. In simplistic terms, all worship we sing should be Holy Spirit inspired. Today, it seems that the standard by which we judge our worship is in the thrills and the chills we experience or even the atmosphere we create with lights or lack thereof. I'm not a big fan of the dark worship services. I kind of like seeing where I'm at. I understand we're setting an atmosphere. We're, we're trying to create an atmosphere, but atmosphere isn't necessary when you worship in spirit and in truth. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to turn the lights off in your house to worship the Lord and sitting on your sofa. You shouldn't have to wait till dark to worship the Lord out in your backyard. That that, that atmosphere is, is, is man-made. It's, it has nothing to do with what the Spirit of the Lord is calling us to do. Now, make no mistake, worship that does not engage and inflame our emotions and our affections is worthless. Let me say that again. Worship that does not engage or inflame our emotions and our affections is worthless. If it doesn't move you, it doesn't have any power. You know, it's, it's, I told, I've told the story before, that young man, when I was in the juvenile detention center chaplain um, and working in the court system there in New Mexico, I took a young man to a church service, and I watched him as he watched others do the worship songs. And there was a lot of hymnal stuff. There was a lot of, it was kind of a country setting in a tent, tent church service. But I watched him look at people, look at the screen. He never sang. He just watched. And afterwards, when I asked him, well, what would you think? He said, I don't get it. 
I said, what do you mean you don't get it? He said, I don't get how those people could sing those words and it not have any effect on them. We need to understand that. This is coming from the eyes of someone outside the realm. He saw worshipers singing songs that should have impacted them emotionally or affectionately, and it did not. And he didn't understand why. Because his reading of those words, even though he wasn't singing them, he's reading the words and realizing those words of worship should impact me. They should impact anyone who speaks them. Jesus himself criticized the worship of the religious leaders in his day. In Matthew 15, 7 through 11, he said, You hypocrites, play actors, pretenders, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, for they teach as doctrines the precepts of men. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, Listen and understand this. It is not what goes into the mouth of a man that defiles and dishonors him, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles and dishonors him. If we're standing in a church service, if we're standing and just mouthing lyrics because that's what we're supposed to do, he's literally calling us out for that. It's vain because you worship with your lips, but your heart is far from God. Wow. True worship must engage the heart, the affections and the totality of our being. Genuine Christ-centered worship is the fruit of both heat and light. The light of truth shines into our minds and instructs us about God and about who He is. Such light, in turn, ignites the fire of passion and affection in the heat of joy. From, from Rick Joyner's book, The Call, as we did our story time last night, I pulled some notes from that because it was such a powerful message, and I've included it on this podcast today uh, that's, that's being emailed out, the email that we send out to, to those who follow us on email. You're going to get the double. You're going to get to listen to last night's story time as well as this message. But in his writings, in, in, in The Call that we were reading in this story time, He says this, Our mere words spoken here on this earth to shake the nations will not impress anyone in the heavenly realm. In other words, no matter how powerful we think our message is, no matter how it shakes the nation, it's not impressing anyone in the heavenly realm. But when even the least of Jesus' followers on earth shows love, it brings joy to the Father's heart. When even the most humble little church sings to the Father with true love in their hearts, He God himself silences heaven to listen to them. Did you hear what that means? When even the least of us, when even the smallest little congregation, when it doesn't matter how big, how large, doesn't matter. If we worship with true love of the Father, if our hearts are full of passion for God, he silences heaven to listen to that sound. When those living in such darkness and difficulties as we are in this world sing with true hearts to God, it touches him more than the myriads of heaven can. you got to understand that. You've got to see this. Jesus went to the cross so that we could worship the Lord through him. It is in this worship that we become one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. True worship. And, and, and Jesus set it up on the cross that we have the, 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 the availability and the ability to worship God in such a way. Our worship when we are in the midst of difficulties, touches the heart of God more than all who worship him in heaven. See, in heaven, those who are there can't help but worship him as they're in his very presence. 
But when we worship, even without his glory in the midst of our trials and troubles, that becomes worship in spirit and in truth. When we're facing our trial, when we're in the midst of our struggle, and we yet open our heart up and we worship God with everything in us, it touches his heart. It moves him. God seeks such worshipers. Do not waste your trials and difficulties. Worship the Lord with all your heart, even in the midst of your struggle. Not for what you might receive from it, but to bring him joy. You will never be stronger than when you bring him joy, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. In studying this out last night, I went to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9 through 10. And let me tell you a little story. This is Nehemiah. This is, this is Old Testament. But listen to what he says in verse 9. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they had heard the words of the law. Verse 10 says, Then Ezra said to them, Go your way, eat the rich festival food, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be worried, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. Now, Nehemiah 8, verse 8, led this up. Uh, said they read from the book of the law of God. Clearly, you understand that? They read from the book of the law of God clearly, and people understood the reading. Once they understood, they began to weep. God's word was opening their eyes to the way that they had failed him. But Nehemiah was quick to remind them that the Lord is who the Lord is, and that they could delight in the Lord, for he is a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate. The joy of the Lord is found in the on the road of restoration. Worship the Lord this day in spirit and in truth, and watch as he begins a restoration process within you and all who follow after him in such a way. God God wishes no one at harm. His, his, his passion is to see us worship in spirit and in truth. This, this love seeping out of us, this gratitude, this thankfulness for what God has done for us. This is our time. God is stirring our hearts all across this world, and he's loosing his Holy Spirit on all who seek him and worship him in spirit and in truth. Understanding what that is, spirit being from our heart, this heartfelt passion that we have, this gratitude, this thankfulness that we have for God, and in the truth of the doctrinage of the Word of God itself. Let the fire of God loose his presence and his spirit in you as you worship him today. It doesn't matter where you stand. It doesn't matter where you are. When you, when you open your heart up to God, when you cry out to God, when you allow the Holy Spirit to well up inside of you, listen, if you haven't given your life to Christ, today's the day. Surrender to him completely. Don't, don't wait another moment. Don't wait another day. Let God have access to all of your heart today. So just, just kneel before him, bow before him, stand before him. It doesn't matter. But just simply say, God, I, I'm lost. I need you in my life. You're struggling through things today and you don't know why. You're battling through battles and you don't understand. I got news for you. Even though you might become a follower of Jesus Christ, our struggles and challenges remain. We battle daily. But I know, I've read to the end of the book, and we win. For all who overcome, to those who endure till the end, they'll receive the crowns that God has for them. And you're not walking this out alone. 
Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they got thrown into the fire because they wouldn't bow before a false king or, or you know, a false god? And, and here this, this king, Nebuchadnezzar, looks into the fire and he sees, what is this that I see? Did we not throw three guys into the fire? Why do I see four and one has the appearance of the Son of, Man, of, the Son of God? In other words, we may walk through the fire, but when we're with Christ, when he lives in us and he abides in us, we're not alone. He's right there in the midst. Surrender your life to Christ today. Worship him in spirit and in truth and watch what happens in your life. I fully believe that when when we pull ourselves to a place of, of seeking the Holy Spirit for an outpouring, no matter where we go, we see that power move. It doesn't, it doesn't take all everybody. It takes just one or two who are hungry. And in the process of that, God says, where one or two are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. When we seek the Lord in truth, in spirit, his presence fills our, our life. It fills our, our very space where we are. There is nothing more powerful than feeling yourself in the presence of the king of all kings. Nothing more powerful than feeling the Holy Spirit guiding and leading you in your worship and in your day-to-day. It's available to all, but we've got to be His in order to walk in it. Amen. If you're not there, I, I, I don't know how else to plead with you today. Surrender your life to Christ and watch what He does in you. For those of you that are walking with Him, in Him, full of Him, you need to be on your knees daily praying them for an outpouring of God's Spirit on everything around you, your church services, your leadership, your family, your, your very presence, whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, ask the Lord to pour His Holy Spirit out through you, over you. Worship Him in spirit and in truth at all times. Don't, don't quit. Don't stop worshiping the Lord. I got up this morning or yesterday morning, and that, that gratitude song, that Brandon Lake's gratitude, uh, that, 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 you know, literally calling out to my soul, get up, get up, get up, get up and praise the Lord. That's exactly what God's calling out for us today. Get up and praise the Lord. Get up and seek him with all you have in you and worship in spirit and in truth. And when you do, watch what happens. It's going to move heaven. It's going to move the heart of God. If you're crying out to him with passion in worshiping him for all he's done for you, he's going to continue to pour out around you. Lift up your family. Lift up your church. Lift up those who you know who are lost and watch what God can do through all of that. Let him pour out through you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you so much for following along on our broadcast. Thank you for your support. You want to support us financially, it's easy to do so. Right on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. That's living without the G, L-I-V-I-N, outdoors.com. You can find us, uh, and all of our giving links are on these little buttons up there. There's a, a simple give. There's PayPal. We've got all kinds of ways you can give to us. There's an address on there. You can contact us on there. Find that website, support us financially if you can. We would greatly appreciate it. And I know that God will bless you for it. The Bible says that when you give in the same measure in which you give, he'll give back to you. Press down, shaken together and running over, be poured right into your lap. Amen. Pray for us as we continue on this journey. We are kind of launching something this year. We're, we're already advertising to be available to speak. I've already uh, booked an engagement for March. 
I'm excited. I, it happened the same day we started calling out to, for God to use us more, uh, and he did. <laughs> He's, we've already booked an engagement. Uh, excited about that. Lots of open dates. If, if you or your church or you know somebody that could use a, a speaker to cover the pulpit or a special service or whatever, uh, check us out and, and, and just contact us. and be glad to talk to you about it. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.